honor to be here this morning. Um, happy Memorial Day weekend. My, uh, my dad was in the Army, and my stepfather was in the Air Force, so I am a military brat times two, and, uh, and, and, and I honor all those that have done that. And so it was kind of fitting. I wasn't even thinking about it, but I was texting with Jeff today, and he was like, oh, you know, it's Memorial Day weekend. And, and what, I, what, I, what I've titled my message today is, is called Building Altars. And in a sense, it's, it's a way of, of memorializing um, just as we remember what, you know, our military and those people have done for us. Um, and it's important to uh, remember. And in the same way, what I want to talk about today is building altars to the Lord. And that's a way for us to remember and build our history with the Lord. And um, I know, you know, we've been here for a while. I know a lot of you... Uh, had some of you guys over for dinner, don't know a lot of you that much. Um, when Pastor Jeff asked me to, to share today, um, I was like, well, well, what would you want, want me to talk about? And he was like, well, talk about what you've been, what you've been experiencing, what you've been going through. And um, he was like, make it personal. And so I was like, all right, well, um, so you guys, if you don't know me and my wife, Katie, uh, you're going to get to know us today. <laughs> um, it's, it's a little bit of a challenge for me. I'm more of a teacher. I'm more of a kind of a straight, I study, study the word, dig into the theology, study the Greek and the Hebrew, break it down. That's where, that's where I get my energy. That's what I love. My wife is the storyteller. Um, I, I always say that. And she said, no, you're a storyteller too. But she's, she's more re- really fluent in, in that. And she, she tells great stories. She's very engaging. Um, but I felt like the Lord was, was challenging me to share my testimony and, and um, so that's what I want to do today. And so what I would ask today is, is have you ever felt like you heard from the Lord and felt like he was asking you to take a step of faith, to move out, to, to take, a, take a chance to do something, and you did it, and you, you prayed about it, and you, 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 you wrestled with it, and you were like, this is what I want to do. This is what God's doing. He's, he's leading me into this. And so you take that step, and then everything kind of falls apart. I don't know if that's just me, <laughs> but there's been this theme in, in my life for the past couple of years and with me and my wife of, of we feel like the Lord's speaking to us, and we're doing something, and we're, we're excited, and we move, and we, we step in a direction, and it doesn't look like we thought it was going to look like. In fact, it's almost even more difficult than we were anticipating to the point where if we, we, we would say, if we didn't make this decision, maybe life would have been easier. And so that's something that I've been wrestling with and learning how to deal with that, learning how to deal with disappointment, learning how to deal with discouragement. And there's something that's so important about that because if we don't learn how to deal with the disappointment, we're going to get stuck. And I can tell you for one, I've been stuck. And so this is kind of the story that we've been walking through um, so I wanted to just share a little bit about, um, about myself and about my wife. Um, so actually back in, in 2011, January 2011, both of us were writing, so we're bloggers, right? And so 
Um, we're writing on the internet. We have our blogs. I'm, I'm writing kind of, you know, about all the stuff that the Lord's teaching me, and I'm, you know, doing my theology thing, and, and my wife is there, and she's telling stories. She's, she's telling stories about her life and how God's met her in her life, and so we're very different kinds of writers, but we're Christian writers, and we find that there's this community of all these bloggers that are, that are writing and doing these things, and so what we do as we find each other, we start commenting on each other's blogs, right? And so that's how you meet people. That's how you say, oh, wow, this, this is a cool blog. I'm going to follow it, and I'm going to comment on it. And then you make friends, and then you become friends on social media, and you become friends in real life sometimes. But that's what happened with me and my wife. Um, we were both single, and we are, you know, most of the people that actually are writing blogs are, are married. And so we find each other, and we're like, oh, you're single. I'm single. You're handsome, and you're beautiful. And what's happening here? This is cool. You like the things that I like. You like to write about things. You like to write about God. And so, um, so it, was, it was really kind of this whirlwind romance that was a thousand miles apart because she was actually living in West Virginia and I was living in South Florida. But something felt so right about it. Something like it was one of those things that immediately clicked. And so we, you know, it was one of those things that we're kind of bantering back and forth and we're, you know, we're connecting because we're, we're funny and we're, we're interesting and we're, you know, it's like we're making jokes and I'm like, well, you got that joke? Nobody gets that joke. You understand my humor? That's awesome. And so this is kind of, this thing is just moving really fast and, and it was one of those things that I'm like, hey, can I, can I call you on the phone? And she was like, sure. And so we got on the phone. We had a four-hour conversation. I was like, can I call you again? We called again. Another four-hour conversation. At the end of that conversation, I was like, when are we going to meet? No need to waste time. Let's, let's find out if this thing is real. So, um, so we met. And it, I'm, I'm just telling you, and this is kind of the short story. It was one thing after another. It was one confirmation after another. We knew that we knew that we knew that we felt God in it. We talked to our friends. People were saying, this is amazing. They understand you. They get you. We're walking through this thing. Five months. Five months. We're engaged. She moves down to Florida from West Virginia. Three months later, we're married. So it was a whirlwind, right? So we're, we're moving. I mean, and it's awesome. Everything is going so great. A few months after that, so I, I was working, I, you know, I have, you know, uh, a degree in IT. That's my background is, is technology, but I'm also doing this thing on the side, um, you know, because I have this passion for writing and and um, serving, serving the church. And a few months later, the church that I'm at, they offer me a full-time position as a communications director. And so right after we get married, I'm like, all right, well then let's do this. This is amazing. This is like all these things are converging, all these dreams. Like the woman that, of my dreams that I've been longing for has come and we're married. This, this, this desire that I have in my life to serve the Lord in the coolest way possible for me because it's like, I was a communications director, so I, I handled all the IT, I handled all the web streaming, I handled all the computers in there, but then I also got to lead small groups, I got to preach on Sundays. I mean, it was like the perfect job. I'm telling you, everything that I prayed for, my dreams, my hopes, the desires in my heart are coming together. I'm, they're being fulfilled, and I'm like, nothing can stop us. I have this woman who's powerful, in her own right, she's not some diminutive, you know, side thing. She's powerful. She has a voice. She can preach. She can teach. She can write. She, you know, she hears from the Lord. I mean, I'm, I'm like, we're the, the tag team powerhouse. Like, nothing can stop us, right? So this is awesome. So 
she moves down, I start my job, things are going great. I'm like, okay, what's next, God? And you know what was next? My wife didn't like the church. <laughs> and there was nothing specific about it. I'm like, do you not like the pastor? Do you not like his teaching? She's like, no, it's not that. But do you not like the people? No, everybody's really nice. Do you not like Florida? No, I don't like Florida. I really don't like Florida. It's too hot. Um, it's miserable. I don't like Florida. That's one thing for sure. Um, but it was one of those things that, like, with the church, it's like you couldn't really put her, her finger on it, but it was just like it just doesn't fit for me. And what I didn't see at the time is that it fit for me. I was there. This was my community. These were my friends. I, I had relationships that were established, and she was kind of coming into that things that she hadn't had established for herself. And so it starts off like, all right, well, let's just give it some time and give it some time. And we gave it time and we gave it prayer and we gave it prayer and we gave it prayer and nothing seemed to change. And I'm just getting frustrated. I'm like, what is going on? God, you lined all this different stuff up. You, you said that this is the thing to do, to walk in this direction. And why is it not fitting? This is, and our relationship was fine, me and her, we were doing great, but it's like everything else was a mess. And so I didn't understand it. And the other thing that, that I'm learning is, as we're walking and as we're growing in our relationship, um, my wife has a history with um, depression and anxiety and, no, and different things like that. I had no experience in my entire life. And so as some of these things start manifesting and she starts feeling fearful about things, because part of what anxiety is is, is a fear of something that's not real. You know what I mean? And it, it, but you can't speak logically to it. You can't just say, well, here are the facts, and here's what's going on. So anxiety, you just need to stop. It doesn't really work like that all the time, and I didn't understand that. And so we're going through this stuff, and I'm just getting frustrated with her. I'm just like, everything is fine. Just stop. Just like it. This is the, this is the perfect setup. Just like it. Why or do you not like it? This is, this, is, this is perfect for you. This is what you need to do, just like it. <laughs> Trust me, you know. Don't do that, guys. Um, so, we're, so we're wrestling through that, and um, in, in the midst of all this, um, Katie gets pregnant with Isaac, and so we're going through that. Um, so as time is going on, she's getting pregnant. She's feeling more and more kind of disconnected. She's not even wanting to go to church anymore. And, you know, so I'm showing up at church, and I'm teaching, and I'm leading, I'm doing things. There. Where's Katie? I'm, oh, she's not feeling good today. Well, where's Katie? Oh, uh, you know, just pregnancy, her feet are swollen. And she's just, just not around. And, every, you know, and, and for me, I'm just like, I can't do this by myself. Like, I don't want this if it's not with her. And, and so I just, we're struggling with it. And at, at the next point, I'm like, all right, well, let's, let's, let's go talk to someone. So we go to counseling, and we're going to counseling, and it's helping, and we're working through this, and that's where I'm learning about anxiety and depression and what that looks like and how I've been dealing with it wrong this whole time, really being angry with her because, you know, she's not feeling the way I need, need her to feel. And so we're walking through this, and I'm learning a lot, and I'm not handling things well and really frustrated and we're fighting and we're, we're, we're wrestling through it. And so really fast forward through that, we came to this, we came to the conclusion like, this isn't going to work. And for me, I was like, I have to make a decision. It's like, is, is, is being in ministry on staff full time, is this the most important thing in my life or is building this relationship and honoring my wife 
and loving her and covering my family and my, my new son? Is that the most important thing to me? And that was such... You would think, like, your family? That's the easy decision, dude. And it, and it was hard. It was hard for me because I'm like, I feel like God gave this to me. Why would I say, why would I, why would I put this aside? Why would I step down, step away from this? I'm serving the Lord. And God is showing me that serving the Lord doesn't always have to be inside a building. doesn't always have to be with a microphone. I wasn't serving the Lord in my house, in my family, because if you think serving the Lord is telling your wife to just, like, get with it, why isn't it working? And so I had to make this decision, and it just wasn't going to work in Florida. It just wasn't. I mean, it wasn't like we can, hey, let's just go visit another church. Let's try to figure that out. There was too much entangled, too much going on there. So it was one of those things, all right, well, we got to do something else. So we were actually on a, on a vacation to Myrtle Beach, and uh, one of the cities that kept coming up was Charlotte. And no reason in particular. It was just one of those things like, hey, this sounds like an interesting place. And so we were in Myrtle Beach. We were with uh, Katie's parents. They had a chance to um, stay with Isaac for the weekend, and we came to Charlotte and visited and we fell in love, like, immediately. We drove through the city. It was a beautiful city. We went to Lake Norman. We went to a bunch of cool spots. We went uptown. We visited all around. And um, at the time, I was listening to a bunch of podcasts, a lot of different teachers. And um, the, one of the churches that I listened to that had a, it was in Charlotte. And I was like, oh, this is cool. We visited the church. The church was really awesome. We enjoyed it. We're like, all right, well, we have somewhere to land. When we get there, we're going to just do it. You know what? We're going to step out in faith again. We're just going to do it, right? We're going to step out in faith. We're going to do this together. We're going to be united. We're going to make a decision together. We're going to make friends together. We're going to do everything together. And so we step out. We move to, to Charlotte. Move everything behind. My, my family's in Florida. My church was in Florida. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to lay this down. I'm going to do this for, the, for my family. So we come to Charlotte, we're excited, new kind of energy within our relationship because we're like, we're doing this together, we're serving God together, we're taking this risk together, and we get to Charlotte, and I can't find a job for five months. And if any men have been in here, have, not, have been without a job, you can realize how completely crippling it is to not have work. And so I'm struggling, and I'm at home, and I'm wrestling with this, and I'm like, God, I felt like I followed you again. I felt like I, I did the right thing, and now I don't have a job, and now I don't have any money, and now we're running out of time, and we don't have friends, and we don't have family. And, oh, yeah, so that really um, cool church that we were going to, actually the pastor just stepped down, and they're going through a big transition and all of that right now. So, um, yeah, that's not working out either. And it was like another thing. It's just like, God, I thought we heard from you. I thought this is what you said for us to do. And so we're wrestling through that. That's another thing that we're, we're going through. Um, eventually, five months later, I finally get a job. It's up in Mooresville, and we're, we're down in South Charlotte. And so we move. So we move up to the Lake Norman area. Like, all right, so things got to change. We got to do something different. We got to figure this out. I got a job. Let's try to make, it, make this place home. We start looking for churches. Um, we actually didn't look very long. I looked online. I found this place, and it was actually a new song church. And we're like, hey, let's go visit. It's around, right around the corner. We came, and we loved it. And it was like, <laughs> this is, really, this is home. And 
we've been here ever since then, really. Um, so that's, that's what happened. So we came to New Song, and I felt like God was doing so much in my life and in my heart. I had a bunch of um, lunch, you know, meetings with Jeff, and he's just speaking just like truth into my life, and he's just saying, like, I see what God's, what's in you, and I, I believe in you, and just like, it was good to hear that from a leader again, and just like, you know, because part of, part of my identity was wrapped it up in, like, all this stuff of that, that I do for the Lord, right? And so now that's all gone. I'm not teaching. I'm not preaching. I stopped writing. All of this stuff is kind of falling by the wayside, and I come, and I just it was really healing for me to, to be in an environment where just, like, and this felt like home. This felt a lot like my church in Florida. Um, a little smaller, but just a lot of that same feel. And so, all right, well, things are, things are going. Things are, things are coming together. We found a church. Things are going to get better, right? You would think, right? Um, you would think. Uh, so, so, we're, so we're walking through that. Um, this is about a year later after we have Isaac, um, we get, um, Katie gets pregnant again with, with our second, with Noah. Um, we know that Katie has this history of anxiety and depression and different things like that, so it was like, all right, well, let's get ahead of this. So we, um, we set her up, we find her a counselor, she's meeting while she's pregnant, someone that she trusts, someone that's awesome, speaking life into her, walking through her, helping her manage her, her anxiety, helping her manage those, these different things. That's awesome, like, almost like, I wish I would have done this, you know, with Isaac, but hey, where we are today, doing it with Noah, walking through it, everything is, you know, going really great. Um, Noah comes, the birth story is amazing, Katie does awesome, we got a doula, she, she uh, gives birth naturally, she's like a rock star in all of this, it's awesome. So we're just like, okay, things are, ch- you know, things are turning around, this is good, God, you know, we found the church, we found a home, we're making some friends, we feel good here. And right after Noah comes, like, boom, we get slammed. And Katie, like, gets hit hard with the postpartum depression stuff to where she's hospitalized. Like, she can't function. And so we go. We see a psychiatrist. He recommends medication. We have to go that route. We do medication. We do all this different stuff. In the midst of that stuff, the church is awesome, rallies around us, bringing us food, taking care of our kids, doing all of this different stuff that I, we will never be able to fully thank this community for. But people are rallying, rallying around us, but it's again, it's like things just keep falling apart, right? And, you know, just getting discouraged and discouraged. And so we get to this point where we, we, we do what we think, we, you know, we believe we need to do. Katie begins to get better. The medication is working. Um, we have the help that we need. We get back on our feet. Things start kind of leveling out again, right? Um, to the point where it's like God's speaking to Katie again, breathing into her, and he's like, you need to write again. I, w- I want you to, to, your gift, to use your gift. You have, you have a gift. And if you, if you follow my wife on social media, you see kind of just the stuff that she writes. Those are just snippets. These are snippets of the conversations that we have at home. These, like, she's a well of, of love and experience and knowledge and what God is showing to her. And there's so much that, that she needs to to be able to release. And so it's like, all right, we're going to get her blog up. In the midst of this, crazy. I mean, it's, it, it's hard to even believe. That's just why I'm telling the story. Our blog gets hacked. Our blogs get hacked, both of our blogs. So they're down. And it costs a bunch of money to fix it and bring it back up. And we're, we're broke. We don't have any money. And it's like hundreds of dollars. And so our blogs are down. And so Katie can't even write now. 
And so we're praying about this. We're like, all right, well, we're going to do whatever we need to do to get these blogs back up. You're going to write. You're going to get back on. You're going to move. And all right, so that's what's going to happen. And then what we call the great sickness hits us. About four months straight, I'm sick. The boys are sick. Katie's sick. Get better, get sick. Get better, get sick. Culminating with Katie getting pneumonia and being completely out of commission for a couple of weeks. And, it, and it's, it's one thing after another, you know? And it's like, so it's like, God, I thought you said this. And then this happens. God, I thought you said this. And then this happens. And so we're, it's, it's almost comical. I was telling, the, Katie and I were just recounting the story, and it's like one thing after another. And it's like, okay, God's speaking, God's moving, hope is coming into the situation. Boom. And we get knocked down. And then somehow we, get, we pick ourselves back up. God's moving, God's speaking, you know. And it's, and it's not that he's not, he is. It's truly him speaking into our situation. And then it gets difficult. And so um, at this point, I mean, I'll be honest, I was just, I tapped out. I was like, I can't do it. I, I was like, I give up. I give up. All those dreams, and not, and not that things were like ending or, or, you know, but I gave up. You know, all of these different things where God's like, believe for this. I've promised you this, and I've done this, and I'm going to do this. And I was just like, you know what? I don't, I don't really care anymore. I don't, I don't care. Because why get my hopes up for just to be dashed again? You know, why? What, what's the point? You know, I'm just going to, I just need to survive. I just need to get past, I just need to get through this day. What do I need to get through this day? And that's where, that's where I found myself. And, and so that's what I want to talk about. So that, that's a little bit of our story. And, and so what God has been teaching me in, in the midst of all of this, um, that there were two questions that I, that I had to ask. So as, as I, you know, had to wrap myself, my head around this, I asked myself, why is this happening? Which is a normal question. Why would this happen? And what can I do about it? So what good can possibly come from this mess? And I was thinking about, and it's cool, you know, I like, I like to think in metaphors, and I like to think of, of things, you know, my good friend Chad is a, um, personal trainer, and he's been, he's been working really hard. He was in a competition recently, and, um, but I just, God speaks to me in these pictures, and, he, and, and I think about, like, the hard work that Chad's done to, you know, to, to get strong, and to build his muscle, and to do this stuff. It was, like, consistently, consistent, this effort, I and mean, we'd, we'd hang out, and he's like, ah, oh, I can't eat this. I'm gonna eat, like, this chicken wrap, or something like that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and he, but, he, but it was, these were sacrifices that he was making, and it's like, but as he's working out, right, with, the, with his muscles, there's resistance, right? There's resistance, and, and as your muscles grow, they have to tear, right? They, they, they literally tear, and they regrow, and they, that's how they get bigger. That's how they get stronger, and I felt like the Lord was teaching me. He's like, as you're walking through this, and you feel these tears, you feel these tears that are happening, what's happening as you walk through them, you're actually getting stronger. And as you persevere through it, it's getting stronger. And each one of these things that have happened, and this is just a small little snippet of, of, of our story and what's happened, but each time we get a little bit stronger. And really the purpose has been to, um, to understand this. So the whole theme, right? The, 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 what we're here for is the gospel. 
right, the gospel. I can't ever talk about anything without talking about Jesus and what he's done. But there's this theme, right, of death and resurrection through our lives, through what he's done, but it's a constant theme through all of what we do. And, and I realize the big dream that I had of being in full-time ministry and doing this thing that looks this way, that I thought it looked this way, um, and then having to lay that down and moving and choosing my wife and choosing to move in this other way, you know, you might look at it and be like, wow, that was great. That was awesome. It was hard, and it was, I didn't want to do it. And it was a death. It really was, and it, it died. It was a dream that died. It was a dream that died, and it had to die. And it, the other thing about it is, is that I had to mourn it. Like, when, when, we, when we experience death, like, it's not good enough to just be like, here's a Bible verse, and here, everything's going to get better. Like, we have to mourn death. We have to mourn death before we can see resurrection. Because if you don't mourn it, it's always going to be in the back of your mind, niggling at you and, and, and saying, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? And you doubt the decision that you made. And so the Lord has just been teaching me that when you move through things and when you move through broken dreams and, and, and different things that you thought would look a certain way and it didn't come out that way, it's a death in a way, and you have to mourn it. But then there's, but, but once you mourn it, you give space for resurrection. And so there's just a verse that, that constantly comes back up. It's in Romans 5. Um, so if you have your Bible, your, your, uh, your phone, your tablet, whatever you use to, to look at the Bible, just read this with me. Um, not out loud, but as I'm reading it. Um, and just think about these words. Um, so it says, therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace by which, in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Now, I'm not going to be one of those people that says, in the middle of everything, you're going to see this. This is one of those hindsight is 2020 things, right? When you're in the middle of suffering, it's hard to be like, I rejoice that this happened. I rejoice that my wife has pneumonia. I rejoice that I've laid this, you know, dream down. I rejoice in that. And so, but there's hope, right? Because what is it doing? What's the purpose of it? What's it producing in us? And it's, it's producing, suffering produces endurance. And if you go through something, there's, there's this ability that you get that you can go through even more the next time. And as you're able to go through more, it changes who you are. It changes your character. It changes who you are on the inside, and it changes the way you think about things. But the most important thing is that, it, in, that, that as you go through these sufferings, as you go through these challenges, it produces hope. Hope does not put us to shame. That's the beauty right there in that verse. Does not put us to shame. There's another translation that says, hope does not disappoint. 
but a lot of us have gone through disappointment, and we've suffered through disappointment, and we've asked, why, God, is this happening? Why, 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 why? And this is just a glimpse into what, what he's speaking to us. It's like every relationship is born of good. Every relationship starts great. That's how you start it. You're not going to start a relationship with something that's bad. That's, I mean, not normally. <laughs> not normally. Um, but there's good that happens. There's good that as you're, as you're building, as you're getting to know one another, as you're, getting, as you're growing in the Lord, as you're growing to, to understand who he is in your relationships, as you're dating, as you're married with your kids, you're growing in a, in, a, in a knowing and an understanding, and it's beautiful, right? It's beautiful. But every relationship su- suffers. Every relationship finds conflict and setback. But we forget the good stuff. When it gets really, really bad, when it gets really, really overwhelming, and we get, our, our perspective gets warped. So, so what do we do when we lose our way? And this is what the Lord told me. This is what the Lord reminded me of. And he said, remember our history. And as I was thinking about this, I, was, I thought about the story of Jacob. And there's three recorded accounts of Jacob um, in the Bible where he remembers, where he builds altars. Um, I want to read the first one. It's in Genesis 28, um, verses 10 through 22. It's a little bit of a long passage, but bear with me. Um, if you have something to look at, it might help, or just keep your eyes up there. Um, but it said, Jacob left Beersheba and went to Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set, taking one of the stones of the place. He had put it under his head, laid down in that place to sleep, and he dreamed. And behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood up and said, I am the Lord, the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall, be all, the fam- shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I didn't know it. And he was afraid, and he said, How awesome is this place? Mark that real quick. How awesome is this place? There is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had under his head, set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. He called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of the city was Luz at first. So he changed the name. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I can come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God and the stone which I have set up as for a pillar shall be God's house. And all of you that you give me, I will give you a full tenth. So God spoke a promise to Jacob And it wasn't good enough for him to say, oh, that's cool. That was a cool dream. Oh, that's a good promise. Let's keep moving. He did something. He marked it. He physically marked this. He took the stone that he was laying on. He poured oil on it. He built an altar to the Lord. He made a declaration. And he remembered it. 
And so as we're building altars, how are we building altars in our lives? How are we building altars in our relationships as we go through things? When Katie and, when Katie and I first got married, it's, it's like we couldn't hide from encouragement. We couldn't hide from like prophetic words. Everywhere we went, people spoke into our lives. People encouraged us. People spoke specific things to us that didn't know us, that, that was just confirmation over and over again. Some of these things were recorded on our phones. Some of these things were spoken at a service. Someone stopped, called us out, spoke to us in a service. And so we recorded that service. We got it, wrote it down. And so these were like things where God spoke to us, um, dreams that Katie's had that she's written down and recorded. Um, there were all these different ways that we, we wrote that down. And so these are ways that we can build altars to the Lord. We mark it physically, an act that we have. <clears throat> the, second, the second story uh, of Jacob is in Genesis 33. It's 18 through 20. <clears throat> and it said, And Jacob came safely to the city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan, on his way from Padan Aram. And he camped before the city. And from the sons of Hamor, Shechem's father, he bought for a hundred pieces of money, the piece of land on which he had pitched his tent. Therefore, there he erected an altar and called it El Eloi Israel, the God of Israel. So this one, so this is when Jacob was fleeing from, from Esau. God saved him, and he took, this is a little bit different, so he took his money and invested in a piece of land, and he built an altar on that piece of land. So there's even times where we might have to make an investment whatever it looks like. If God's speaking to you, you know, again, my wife and I, we're bloggers, we're writers, and sometimes, you know, people, people come to us all the time because they know that, and they're like, oh, how do I start a blog? What do I do? I give them a little bit of information. Hey, here's a way, you know, buy a domain name, get some hosting, do some things. It's going to take a little bit of investment on front, maybe get a design, and they don't, they're like, ah, I don't really want to spend the money on that. But if this is a way to build an altar for the Lord, then you can invest in it. It's an investment, whatever it looks like, whether it's buying, buying a journal. It doesn't sound like much, but buying a journal, investing the, the money, but investing the time to put aside, to write in it. And so the last story is uh, in Genesis 35, 1 through 3. This one's a little bit different, too. <clears throat> Again, Genesis 35, 1 through 3. God said to Jacob, arise and go to Bethel and dwell there. Make an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. This is again, this is the second altar he's built from fleeing from his brother, who he did very wrong. Um, so Jacob said to his household and all who were with him, put away the foreign gods that are among you and purify yourself and change your garments. Then let us arise and go to Bethel so that I can make there an altar to the God who answers me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. This one's a little bit different. God commands him to build the altar this time. And so God's saying, don't forget this. Build this altar. Don't forget it. Don't forget what I've done. I am the one who delivered you in the time of your distress. When you're in the middle of something, a little bit later down the, the, down the road, and you're like, God, where are you? Do you not listen? Do you not hear me? Return to this altar. Remember what I did for you. We build altars to remember. We build altars to build our history with the Lord. 
could be anything that tells a story of our history with God. You can have altars. Um, like I said, the way we, we write, um, we can make journals. A lot of people, I, I know, I, I knew um, at my old church, one of the, um, the ladies in the prayer ministry, she had a prayer journal. And every prayer request that she had, she wrote down. And every time it got answered, she came and wrote it down. And so every time she went to put another prayer, it didn't matter how big the thing she prayed for was. It didn't matter how crazy it was. It didn't matter how unlikely it felt as she was praying for it. As she was writing it down, she would look and say, oh, look, remember, remember when God answered that prayer and that prayer and that prayer? I can write this one. When you're in the middle of something, how, how difficult is it to even say, like, I don't even know if I can pray. God, you can't do that. Why would I even pray for that? Because we forget, right? We forget. And there's something powerful about remembering. There's something powerful about marking something. And there's so many different ways. This, is, this might, might even sound silly, but I know many people are on social media, maybe even the majority of people in here might be on Facebook, and I was thinking about this the other day, right, on Facebook, there's that, that on this day feature that pops up every day, and it's like a little reminder, remember, remember this, th this thing that you wrote, or this thing that this person said to you, or this time that you became friends with someone, and as I was studying this, for this, this sermon a couple of days ago, I had something pop up, and it said, the seeds of destiny are watered by the storms of adversity, and I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I was talking about. That's exactly what I want to talk about. It's exactly what I want to talk about. This is why we go through things. The seeds of destiny are watered by storms of adversity. You don't get anywhere, you don't build a history with anyone, including God, without going through some stuff. But how you go through those things how, it ch how you allow it to change you? Do, do you allow it to, to, to build endurance? Do you allow it to, to build character? Do you allow it to establish hope within you? That's the purpose. So I was telling that story, right? And towards the end of the story in the beginning, um, all of this stuff I'm, I'm recounting, and I'm recounting off, off the cuff, and I'm like, oh, what's happened? Oh, yeah, that happened. Oh, yeah, that happened. It's easy to remember the bad stuff when you're on that roll, Right? It's easy to remember the bad stuff. Here's, here's all the things that I didn't, I didn't say that was happening in the midst of that. So in, in, in all of that, so we moved to, to, to Charlotte. We had pretty much complete strangers show up at our house on a rainy day in Charlotte and help us unload all of our, all of our stuff in the truck. It was me, my wife, who were exhausted from a 10-hour drive and two babies, and we had about four or five guys show up, help us unload the truck, no questions asked. And that was a huge blessing. So I was, I was unemployed for a while. I'm struggling. I'm just throwing out resumes into the ether because I know nobody was even looking at them. Um, my old boss called me out of the blue and said, hey, you're in Charlotte, right? There's a job right around there. Um, maybe I can, I can help you get it. Are you still looking for work? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, please, anything. I will wash dishes and whatever, you know, and, but I, I got a job, and um, I was able to spend months at home with, with my son. I saw his first steps, and, you know, it's like as I'm sitting there feeling sorry for myself and all these different things, I got to experience this awesome, you know, opportunity to spend all this time with Isaac, 
um, family came through, blessed us financially, sent us money, um, came and helped us in so many ways. And it made me realize, I'm like, wow, there's so many people that don't have this. They don't have family that can send them $1,000 to pay the rent, you know, or do whatever. Um, you know, we, we found, and, and I mentioned this a little bit, but we found a church that came through for us when we were really hurting, when we don't have family, we don't have a lot of, you know, those lifelong friends that you can call and at the drop of a hat, they come and do whatever you want for you. And we found that in this community. And that was a huge blessing. In the middle of that, I got an awesome job um, at Duke Energy. Um, Derek actually um, helped me with that. And I, I got this great job, paying more than I've ever made before, better benefits than I've ever had before, so many different cool things. I work from home every Friday. I have an amazing boss. I love my team. This is in the midst of all that other crazy stuff I was, I was telling you. So this is the stuff that you can almost forget. But it's good. That's happening in the middle of all the craziness, right? While, while um, Rick and Bev were here not too long ago, and this is kind of in the middle, the end of the great sickness that was happening as we're kind of coming through that, we're both, Katie and I are both ugh, done, numb. Numb is the word. N- numb. Uh, give up. And Bev Merle gives this prophetic word that just like rocks Katie and just like speaks all this stuff that was in Katie from long ago and just stirred it back up, remembers, remembers these verses that God gave to her and she's just like a bawling mess and she comes home and she's just like, oh my gosh, I think things are, things are gonna change. I feel it, I feel it, something's happening, you know? And it was just so powerful. It was awesome, you know? It's like, my parents gave me a Lexus I mean, it's for real. Like, they just gave it to me. They were like, hey, we love you. We want to bless you. My dad's going get to get a new car. Here, he can have his old car. Awesome! You know, it's like, whoa, like, what is happening? And even for me, just standing here today is a blessing. I thought, I mean, I really thought, I'm like, well, I, I gave it up. I, I'm never really going to get an opportunity to maybe teach or speak again and I got to just be okay with that. And, you know, I got to just love my family and do well and work hard and we'll see what happens. And Jeff calls me and says that, I, you know, I feel like I heard f- from the Lord and that, that you're supposed to teach and I, I believe in you. And, and these are the times you build altars, you know. You build altars to remember God's goodness. So what I would say to you today, if you haven't been building altars, start to build them. And if you have built altars, because my wife told me this last night, return to them. There's no point of building an altar if you don't go back to revisit it. Go through those journals. Have those conversations. I remember a couple of weeks back, we were at um, a birthday party, and I, I, I was having a conversation with Josh Reeder, and we were just talking. He, he's a friend of mine from um, 
from South Florida. We went to church together, and he's moved up here, and they've been coming to, to New Song Church, and we're just sitting there having a conversation. We're talking for an hour or so, and I'm just remembering, and he's like, oh, remember that time when this happened? Remember that time when God moved, and this happened, and we saw this happen? Remember when you were teaching? He was like, I remember you were leading our, our small group the first time that we came to this church, and I remember that. I remember the word that you, you shared that day, and it, it encouraged me. I knew that this was the church I was supposed to be in, and I'm like, wow, I forgot that stuff. Yeah, that was good. And it stirred something in me. And, and, he's, and, and like, I, I remember I even wrote him. I was like, yeah, you too. Don't forget this stuff. This is stuff is for, he, for you, for here, for now, and for tomorrow as well. And so we build these altars. So I encourage you to build those altars, to return to those altars, to remember your history with the Lord. Because when you're going through the most difficult times, when you're going through the most, you know, discouraging circumstances, those things will get you through. The people who've walked with you through the most difficult things will speak words of life and encouragement into your life. And that's, that's the whole purpose. That's what it's for. Remember when I asked, what's, what, why would you do this? What's the purpose of all of this? Because one day you're going to get through it, and one day you're going to sit in front of someone else, and you're going to say, this is my story. And they're going to say, wow, I thought I was alone. And wow, that encouraged me. And so that's my prayer that, that you would feel that today.